on today, God. I command it in Jesus' name, for you said by Jesus Christ, we were already healed. Healing already belongs to us, so we believe it and we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Father God, every attack that's coming against our bodies, God, physically, spiritually, financially, I break those powers right now in the name of Jesus. God, I speak to our digestive tracts right now, and I say be healed, be normal, be made whole in Jesus' name. I speak to every tissue, every organ, every cell, every gland, every vital sign, every muscle, every tendon, every bone, every joint, every marrow in our bodies, and I call you whole in Jesus' name. Father, we honor you and we honor your word, and your word is not coming back to you void or empty, but it's going out to accomplish that which you please and prosper in the thing that you have sent it to do. So I thank you that it's already done in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for our helper and our teacher, which is the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Open your Bibles. Open your Bibles, open your cell phone, open your iPad, whatever you may have, open it up. To Matthew 28, verses 18 through verse 20. Matthew 28, verses 18 through verse 20. And we want to hear what the Spirit of God has to say unto us, which is the church. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through verse 20. I will be reading out the expanded Bible. Then Jesus came to them and said, All power, authority in heaven and on earth is, has been given to me. So go and make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught, commanded you. And I will be with you always, even until the end of this age, the world. You may be seated. I want to talk about today the Great Commission. The Great Commission. God always have a way of bringing what needs to be brought to the body of Christ because I feel like the body of Christ, the church, is missing what God has commissioned us to do. And we're missing it because our focus is more on us than it is on him. When your focus is more on him and what he wants, then we'll be able to do what God has called us to do. It's not about us. It's all about him. We say it's not about us, but we're still showing us every day. When it's truly about him, you're not in the picture at all. It's not what you like. It's what he like. It's not what you want to do. It's what he wants to do. So this is why we have to get to know him so we can follow his will and his way of doing things. Anytime you see things with the natural eye, that is not God. I don't care how good it look. I don't care how it make you feel. That is not God. Everything that's good is not God. I want y'all to hear me. Everything that's good, that look good, that sound good is not God. You have people saying good things to you and don't even know him as their Lord and Savior. You have people coming into the house of God. You have people singing on the choir. You have people at the door and they don't even know God. Everything that look good and sound good is not about God. We have to understand his way of doing and his way of being. Just because you say, Lord, Lord, that don't mean you know him. Come on, by your fruit, you are known. 
And if you're not bearing fruit, see, this is where the church is missing it. The churches are missing it. They're putting people in places because they sound good, because they dress good, because they're talking right, but they ain't living right. You got to understand people look good in front of you. But behind closed doors, they are tore up from the flow up. So we have to really know what he's saying unto us. Because when God really touch you, people are going to know you've been touched. And you don't have to tell them you've been touched. They're going to know by your lifestyle that God has really touched you. So when we look at the Great Commission, What the Great Commission is about, it's about making disciples of nations. That's what it's about, making disciples of nations. But there is a process. There is things that have to take place first before I even go to go ye therefore, go into all the world. Because some people are going out there, but they don't even know what a disciple is. They don't even know what discipleship is. They're going out there trying to do things on their own and saying, God has called me to this. But the majority of people that say God have called them to something, they're not doing what they say God has called them to do. They give up. They throw in the towel when somebody get mad at them or when somebody don't look at them right or when somebody don't invite them to a certain place then they feel like they've been left out there all along you don't know your heavenly father you don't know who you are now that you're in him so what jesus said jesus came to them and said we got to understand them is the disciples them are the followers of jesus christ a disciple is a follower, is a learner, is a pupil of Jesus Christ. That means that they were taught by him. That means that they represent him and his way of doing. Why? Because they've been with him. Come on, if you've been with him, nobody don't have to tell you to, how to act. Nobody have to tell you how to talk. Nobody have to tell you where to go and where not to. Come on, when you've been with Jesus, you're doing what he done. And you're not putting on an act to try to make people say you something or be something that you're not. You're being who you are in him, not who you are in you. See, you got a new identity. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. People are beholding the new life that they have in Christ. People should see your new life. They shouldn't see your old life. They shouldn't see you doing the same thing, going the same way and telling people. See, when you got to prove that you're saved, check your salvation. When you got to stand up in churches, when you got to get on Facebook to let people know I've changed, you on Facebook just to make people think you have changed. But the people who living with you. Oh, y'all, I break it down. You know why I break it down? Because I know my call. When you know what he has called you to do to root up and tear down the strongholds off of people, this is what I do. So it don't bother me if people like me or not. See, I'm not bothered by people not want to, you know, say anything. That don't bother me at all. Because, see, God has given me a commission. And I stay on that commission because of him, not because of none of you. It's because of what he has called me to do. And when you do what he's called you to do, people are not going to like you because he said if they hated me, they're going to hate you. They're not going to love you. They only love their own. So if people around you is still loving you, it's because you're doing what they're doing. You're being what they want you to be. 
But when you really get your mind renewed and you get your mind transformed according to the word, your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, your relatives don't want nothing to do with you, even your friends. And it shouldn't bother you. Why? Because therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are made new. I'm not out to please man. I'm out to please God. That's that new creation. That's that new life you have in him. And you're not ashamed of the gospel. You're not ashamed of who you are now that you're in Christ. Because you are a representative of him. If he say no, you say no. When he say yes, you say yes. My life is not my own. It don't go on what I want no more. It go on him. I'm not out to satisfy man. I'm out to please God. And as long as I'm doing what his word tell me to do, he is pleased. We know when we're out of alignment. How do we know? Because we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lets you know when you're out of alignment with the word of God. He only testifies. He only witnessed to truth. That's why we need to know the truth. So Jesus was talking to his disciples, his followers. Jesus had a lot of followers. He had a lot of disciples. And out of all those disciples, he chose 12. He had many, but he prayed and he chose 12 that would follow him. They would be the apostles of the Lamb. Now, when people say the apostles passed away, they are true. And, and part of that, because the apostles of the Lamb, they did pass away. But the apostles did not pass away. That's part of the fivefold. So, see, when you know the word of God, when people say the apostles passed away, say, yes, they did. The apostles of the Lamb, the ones that followed Jesus, those the ones that passed away. But Jesus have given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers unto the body of Christ. Because he put us in the body of Christ so we can teach his way, his way of being, his way of doing. So we won't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. I'm just paraphrasing it. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. So when we know these things, we don't buck against him. We stay on course according to the word of God. So his followers, the ones that he chose, those are the ones that was with him all the time. The ones that witnessed things from Jesus. But let me tell you something about a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. It is not about them. It's not about what they want to do. Go to Luke 9, verse 23. Now, I am teaching today. So if you feel like you can't sit here through this teaching, you are free to go. Because we need the word and we need to be taught the word. So many people are used to hooping and a hacking and a carrying on and, the, and give me a beat when they hit the right note. That's what they used to. But when they really get some good stuff, they ain't used to that. And they think boring. This is what's going to save your life. This is what's going to help you to understand and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. Amen. Luke 9, 23 amplified. Listen at this about a disciple. And he said to all, if any person wills to come after me, that means follow me, let him deny himself, disown himself, 
forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. Ooh, some of us are messed up right there. It's a lot of us do not want to lose sight of us because we look good. A lot of us don't want to give up us. Remember what he said? He said, deny himself, disown himself. Who in the world want to disown himself? Who want to do that? Not a lot of people because we want people to see us, hear us, and be attached to us. See me, hear me, and be attached to me. Everybody in here wants some attention from somebody, right? We want people to know what we have done. So we're going to speak up and say, well, I made the punch. Well, I did the cake. I fried the chicken. I made the tall salad. Oh, I did the decorations. Oh, how you think that looked? Oh, look what I got on. Lose sight of you. Everybody wants some attention based on what he done. And then we use God to say, God had me to do it. Anything that God have you to do is out of the norm. It's something somebody has never done. When you get before the Lord, you don't copycat what somebody else have done. You don't go look up what they done and try to outdo what he's telling you to do. Because if he tell you to do it, it ain't going to look like Renee. It ain't going to look like Teresa. It ain't going to look like Eunice. It's going to look so much like the glory of God. They're going to know ain't no man told you to do what you did. Oh, okay. that's losing sight of yourself. See, I'm going to break it down today. Because you don't have to go nowhere to try to copycat nothing. When God give you something, when God gave um, Noah a pattern, when God gave him a pattern of how to do that art, no man told Noah what to do but God. Everything that Noah did was based on God and not based on man, so it was different. And the thing is, he used Mo, um, Noah and he wasn't even a carpenter. But God put an anointing on his life to do that art the way he wanted it to be done. Come on, y'all better come out of the norm and get into the supernatural. Because some things that we're doing, we're saying it's God, but it ain't God. It's your he motions and she motions. You are emotionalized because you ain't yet been with God. When you be with God, you know that is not him. That's natural. He said, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself. That means that you're saying, God, it is not about me. God, this is not the way it should be. How do you want it done? Y'all, when you really lose sight of yourself, you're going to have some friction in your own home. Yes, you are. You're going to have friction in your own home. Because the more I lose sight of myself, if my husband ain't where he need to be, guess what? I'm going to have some friction with this man. The more he lose sight of himself and I'm not where I need to be in the word, guess what? It's going to be some friction from me to him. But when both of us are communing with God, And if I am wrong, he can lose sight, so much sight of himself, he'll humble himself and he'll say, you know what, I'm just going to pray about it and we'll come back together. Come on, that's doing it God's way. I don't do nothing without him, without going to him and we on one accord. I'm not going to make him look crazy. And he said, well, where did this come from? Well, you already knew what I was going to, I knew nothing. God is about unity. He's about togetherness. That's what he's about. 
It's not about me coming up with something and both of us are involved. It's not about what I want to do. Don't say it's about God when you're not involved in your significant other. Because you're one. Uh Uh-oh. Because guess what? Y'all remember Mary? The one that carried Jesus? That was betrothed to Joseph? And she went away for a little while to a cousin Elizabeth's house. And Mary come back big as a tick. And Joseph knew you. I hadn't even been with you because we just betrothed. And people know that you're going to be my wife. So they're looking at you as my wife. But I ain't tapped that yet. And here you are coming back just as big as a tick. And you trying to tell me that you ain't been with no man. I'm going to let them kill your behind. But can somebody say, but God. Come on, somebody. Say, but God. Say, when God got his hands into something, he'll take the natural and he'll make it supernatural to let Joseph know, I ain't no natural God. I'm a supernatural God. So guess what he did when Joseph laid down? God began to break it down to Joseph. He will break it down for you. Because the divided house will not stand. And God was not going to let Jesus, the Savior of the world, divide that house. Oh, my goodness. So what did he do? He told Joseph his plan. And he told Joseph that Mary was carrying Jesus, the one that was going to bring salvation to the whole world. Joseph got into alignment with Mary. He followed the instructions that God had given him. He put Mary on that donkey and he carried her wherever she needed to go according to what God was saying. A divided house. He brought that house back into unity. And Joseph couldn't even touch that after she had the savior of the world. Mm. And everybody tapping and touching and Before one pop out, you're putting another one up in there. And saying it's God. And saying that's my wife. Oh, I'm going to break it on down. Somebody got to break it down. See, I'm rooting up some strongholds. I'm rooting up some traditions that say that's my wife. But with everybody else's wife. If you don't want to hear it, you better leave. Because I'm going on according to the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. So those disciples were followers of Jesus. They were following him. They had to disown. Did everybody understand now what disown mean? That means it's not about you no more. When you took on the life of Christ, that means you're living your life according to his life. Not according to your life. Not according to wanting people to see how good you look. Y'all, it's a spiritual anger in me. Facebook is about how you look. People showing how they look. If they think they look good, they get on Facebook and pose. And ain't nothing about God about that. It's all about them. They ain't disowned themselves. But yet they're saying, Lord, Lord. That's not disowning. That's not losing interest in yourself. I have learned this, y'all. All of us are human, right? But we have a spirit 
with the soul that lives in a body. When you get to know who you really are, you're not going to live according to the natural. You're going to live according to the supernatural, and it really comes natural. (laughs) But it's super. It's just the way you are. Some people can't figure it out. They just know that you're different. So what I'm saying is when change come to you and your house, you know change have come. Because you ain't looking at what nobody else do or how they do it. This is what I see, y'all. Losing, I can stay here to the rest of this service, but I'm going to move as the Holy Spirit tells me to move, but I'm going to stop and stand still. Disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself and his own interests. The more I look at something, the more I begin to like what I look at. Amen, somebody? The more I look at a pocketbook, the more I have a desire for that pocketbook. The more I stare at that pocketbook, I don't have to do number one good stare, and it's in my head. So I don't have to go back to the computer no more. I don't have to go back to belts or dillets no more. I got that picture. I already know what I want because I done stared at it. I done took it and put it into my heart. So there is my mental picture of what I want, right? So that's me. That's not God putting that there. That's what I want. So what I did, I took what somebody else created and I got a mental picture of it and then I began to desire it. I began to want it. I began to lust after it. But then when I get it, that lust and desire is gone because I already got what I've been lusting after. That's just like a man or woman. When you hit it, What you've been desiring, what you've been lusting after, and after it's all over, you realize, I was married. I shouldn't have done it. But see, what you done got yourself into, going into a harlot, that harlot come into you. So even though you're with your wife, you still seeing that harlot and the desire and the pleasure that it gave you. So you want more of that, even though you know. Somebody need to hear this. <laughs> you got to have more of that. Because see, it's a root there to that. But the wife ain't going to be enough. The side chick ain't going to be enough. Because then you see somebody else and you hit it. You done hit so much, the wife cannot give you what you need no more. Because you done found pleasure in different women and different things. Now let's say you come to the Lord. You accept him as your Lord and Savior. Your spirit has become new. But your way of thinking and doing is still the same. So for some reason, you still have a lust and desire for other women. You be eyeing them with your peripheral vision looking straight ahead. With your wife right there beside you, you still eyeing that behind. Can I get a witness? 
Come on, you get mad to get set free. And then it bothers you so much. You send your wife roses and say, I just want you to know I love you. No, you lost him. Because you know what you did was wrong. What she don't know won't hurt her. But I got something to tell y'all. Woo. When you got the Holy Ghost, what's in darkness, it's going to come to the light. You can go to hotel, motel, holiday inn. You can go way to Africa and do your dirt. But God is going to let that woman know where you been. Because he's God. He ain't no natural. He's a supernatural God. So whoever I'm talking to today, women of God, you ain't got nothing to worry about as long as you stay close to him. Mm, 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 mm. Somebody need to hear that. Same thing with a man. That woman is dipping and dripping. What's in that ground crying out is coming up. I don't care how long you've been bearing it. It's coming up. And it's coming out. Amen. Let us continue. I'm still at disowning himself. See, when a man or a woman disown themselves and take more interest in God, they ain't looking at no other man or no other woman. Because they're doing things according to him and not according to them. Everything they do is about God. So they don't have that desire that they used to have to do what they used to do because they know what it means for a man to love his wife just as Christ loved the church. Come on, somebody. So when you lose sight of you, you don't see natural no more, people. You see supernatural. And the things that you have, God's glory is on them. I remember it was a lady um, when the Lincoln Navigators had come out, and she was a um, godly woman, and I was riding back um, with her from a meeting somewhere, and she was dropping me off home. So when I was riding in that Navigator, I was seeing all them buttons and seeing all them lights, and I'm like, mm, I can have one of these. And I said, oh, you got a nice vehicle. She said, ain't, ain't about the vehicle. She said, what you experiencing is the glory that's around the vehicle and that's in the vehicle. She saying about this vehicle, it's just a vehicle. I'm like, please, you got a nice car. I'm in natural. She in supernatural. She wasn't looking at her vehicle. See, the glory of God was so much on that vehicle. That's what I was feeling while I was in that vehicle. But I was looking at everything else outside of experiencing God's glory. So this is what happens to us. Anything that you do. You do it unto the glory of God. When you do it unto the glory of God, I don't care how small it is. God will make it bigger than anything because you ain't looking at how big it is. You looking at him. You ain't looking at what nobody else do. You looking at what he's already done. God will take one thing and outshine everything. Oh. He took his one and only. Ooh. And that one and only son, one man, took on the sins for the whole world. One. That's all it took was one. 
But what we do, we try to go bigger and better. We can't stop at one thing. We got to go get two. Oh, I know this is true. Go in the grocery store. I'm still talking about disowning yourself. Go in the grocery store. Please don't go in there hungry. Because if they have buy one, get one free, you're bringing both of them home even if you don't eat them. Don't let them put some cereal out there. Buy one box of Captain Crunch, get one free. Glory God, you knew I was coming. Glory God, you knew how much of budget. If you take the time to hear the spirit of the Lord, he will let you know that you ain't really getting a free box of cereal. But we are so in that poor mentality that we think we need more to succeed. And can't even deal with the little that you have. Our problem is we looking into somebody else's house and we're making it our house. Anytime somebody else gets something, we're trying to find a way for us to get it. You disown it. You haven't disowned yourself because if you know what he's done, he has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You got more than this world can offer you. You got eternal life that does not cease to exist, that lasts forever. Ever. Everything you need, you already have it, but we still trying to get more because we want people to know what we have. When you leave this world, you're not going to take it with you. No, you hold going to be behind a hearse. Saying everything that I bought, put it in the hole with me. It's going to be a lot of people digging that stuff out of that hole. Don't let nobody die with expensive jewelry on. Somebody going to dig up that cast if they want to get a high. Hello, somebody. I remember. Help me dig. We can share it together. True that. But Jesus said, you have to disown yourself. Y'all, when you truly disown yourself, they don't see you. They see his glory. On the little things, they see his glory. So the first thing he's saying, you got to lose interest in yourself. Refuse and give up himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me. Conform wholly to my example in living and if need be in dying also. So that means I don't look at what everybody else have. I look to him. I don't look at how people are going to perceive me. As long as I'm living according to him, it don't matter how people perceive me. I know who I am in him. I have a new identity. I'm not trying to get because they got. I'm doing what God want me to do for his glory to be revealed. And see, God is getting some glory, y'all. He's getting a lot of it because how do I know? People are wondering, how in the world are you and your husband not working and still making it? Are you on drugs? Yes, I am. I'm high on the Holy Ghost. I get a hit every day. Every chance I can get, I hit it. And whatever he tell me to do, that's what we do. So when we get something, people always say, look what the people done for Apostle and her husband. I mean, they really giving them money. If I had y'all to check the ties, y'all would still not believe that God is being glorified. Hello, somebody. Oh, Jesus. Because some people don't even give. And getting fed. 
But then they look at what we have and then they try to come up with what they ain't doing. I had to clear that one up. Evidently somebody been talking. It's all about him. I had to realize that in ministry, that it was not about me. And until all of us realize it's not about us, you are missing out on what God has already supplied. You ain't holding nothing back from me. You holding it back from God. Because whatever God tell you to do, you do it. You don't look at what this one have or what that one have. I don't care if they have a bit in their yard. If God say bless them, you bless them. But we'll go bless somebody with a pinto and they're the billionaire and the one with the Bentley is just serving God with their whole heart. But the one with the pinto got the money but don't want to give it to nobody. See, you don't even know. You better get into the word and know what God is saying unto you. Because when we go outside of the word, we put our money in a bag with holes in it. And it does us no good because we always looking out for me, myself, and I. When we should hold it up to God and say, God, what would you have for me to do with what I have? Who would you have for me to help God? It's more than just me. God, you have blessed me so I can be a blessing to others, not just for me, not just for people to see what I, this is disowning yourself. I told you I can stay here. I learned this lesson years ago, years ago, because I would show up in church and I already made up my mind before I got to church. This is all I'm putting in that box because this is all I can afford to put in that box. But the closer I got to God, Even though my income was limited, I had a Bible bookstore and I went in that bookstore and I found the most expensive Bibles that I was trying to sell. And I laid all four of them out before the pastor. I said, pick either one you want. Let me tell you what God did. That's when I began to lose interest in me. When she picked the one that she wanted, guess what happened? She said, oh, here, y'all, I needed rent. For the Bible bookstore. I didn't tell nobody. I was just obedient to God. She said here I meant to give you this. I looked when I got home. She had wrote. She had written me a check. For my rent. Y'all don't understand what I'm saying. God said I can see you losing interest in you. You're not making it about you no more. You're not making it about what you have. But you're taking what you have. And you're sharing it with others. What is God saying in this house? Until you lose what you have, God cannot put back into your hands what he want to give you. You always lack. The devil is trying to deceive God's people to make them think, well, if you just give a little something, it'll be all right. No, God want your best. That's disowning yourself. See, me and my husband had to disown ourselves. We had to lose interest in what we wanted. And we had to bring glory to God through us. God has given us seven or eight cars, signed the titles over to us. Not the ministry, but to us. God had us to give away every last one of those cars. Except it was one that my husband did not want to get rid of. And I was so afraid to tell him 
I was talking to the lady on the phone and she was traveling everywhere. She didn't have a car. And I said, well, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that God give you a car because God will supply. Y'all know the scripture. All of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We're going to believe God for you. As soon as I got that out of my mouth, the Holy Spirit said, you got something that you can give her. I'm like, what, what can I give her? You got a car in the yard. I'm like, huh? Now that's my husband. Go to car for the ministry. It saves gas. He already, he said, go tell him that we need to give this late. I said, honey, um, we need to give this late, huh? He said, now, you know, we use that car for the minute. I said, I'm just telling you what God said. That's all I can do. I'm just delivering the message. I left it alone. Next thing I know, my husband gave up the keys and we signed over the title. That's losing interest in you. It ain't about us having a car lot in our yard. It ain't about that. It's about helping others. The needs of other people and even the cars that we have when people in the ministry needed to drive a car. Their car broke down. We gave the cars. Drive our car. I remember it was one God bless his soul, John Morrell. He's so funny, y'all. My husband let him drive his Cadillac Escalade because his car. He said, you going to let me drive that? He said, yeah, John, why wouldn't I let you drive it? You will let me take this home, this right here. He said, John, it's just a vehicle. Go ahead and drive it. It's okay. John was scared to drive it. But when brother John got sick, y'all, and me and my husband had picked him up to take him out to eat. i never forget. He got into the Escalade and he was on some medications. It was funny. Brother John said, oh, brother James, when did you get this? This is bad, man. This is bad. When did you get this? This is a nice ride. He said, John, he said, you drove this before. Oh, you ain't let me drive this. Now, you know you ain't let me drive this. He said, John, yes, I did. I said, John, it's all the medication you own. You don't remember that he let you drive this. So when we got to the restaurant, it was so funny. He wanted to be John. He wanted to be the man, and I'm helping John. To get into the restaurant, he said, let me go, Pastor. Let me go. I can do this on my own. Why are you holding me? Let me know. Let me go. I said, okay. And he tripping all over the place. Pastor, why you let me go? Why you let me go? I said, because you told me to let you go. What am I saying? When God is holding on to us in an area. He's teaching us the way that we need to go. Hmm. And we're saying, let me go. I can do this on my own. You dipping and tripping all over the place. Because you're not letting him do it. You're trying to do it on your own. Come on, when you're taking up your cross and you're following him. You're saying, God, I'm disowning myself through the pain, through the disappointment, through the ridicule, through them crucifying me like they're crucifying you. God, it don't matter no more because it's not about me. And you, I live and you, I move and you, I have my being. So no matter what they do to me, you got my back. You know what's best for me. When father and mother forsake me, you said you will pick me up. So pick me up because God, I feel like I'm falling right now. Everybody is turning their back on me, 
The more I do, seem like the less I done. The more money I give, seem like the less I have given. And God is saying, disown you. He said, whosoever will not forsake his father, his mother, his sister, his brother, his children for my sake. Whosoever put their hand to the plow and look back is not fit for the kingdom. Come on, we need to stay there. Am I really disowning myself? Oh, I want people to know it's really about me. See, because when you're making it about you, it's not about him. Take him out of it and say, this is what I want to do. Because when you really lose an interest in yourself, it ain't about what you look like. It's about what he is. You want to represent him so well. And you're doing it so well because of you knowing him that it's not weighing you down. It's not you being a hypocrite. So those disciples, this is what Jesus told them to be my follower. Can you lose interest in you? Can you stop making it about you? Can you stop wanting people to see you? When you do that, people begin to see him. When you truly lose interest in yourself, and y'all, it's a breaking. It really is a breaking because sometimes we get into ourselves because we so emotionalize. Some of us don't know emotions from the spirit. And we say in this God, but it's your emotions. When we want something and we feel peace, we say, that's God giving me peace. No, God gives you peace when you can't get it. That's God's peace. God's peace don't work like the world's peace. God's peace give you peace when man say no because you know God has already said yes. So you at peace when they deny your loan when you know no I already got the loan. Ma'am we can't help you but I already have it. My bill's already paid. So you leave that loan office because you know what God has said in spite of what your tow up credit looked like. You know your te- t- uh, credit was taught before you went in there. But you know that God told you to go up in there. See, this is supernatural stuff, y'all. Not natural stuff. And you're going up in there because you rather obey God than obey man. And they say, you know what? Looking at this, we're going to have to deny you, but we'll get back with you. Okay. Thank you for assisting me. And before you can even get home, 30 minutes down the road. Hello? I don't know how this has happened. But we're going to give you this money. I don't know why they approve you, but you approve. Thank you, Jesus. Not thank you, loan officer. Thank you, Jesus. That's supernatural. Let natural know I'm a supernatural God and whatever I say stands. But in our pride, we're not going to go sit in no bank or nowhere knowing our credit tore up and ask for nothing because we're too prideful. Many a times I sat in places because God told me to sit in places and because God told me what belonged to me and I wasn't leaving until it was mine. So people saying the supernatural hit the natural. But when you're trying to do it yourself, you trying to make a way to get, I'm going to give y'all some advice. Can I give you a little bit of advice? There's people out there that say, if you pay me, I can fix your credit.
If they fix your credit and you ain't fixed, it still ain't fixed. Because your credit messed up because of you. So you're going to pay somebody to fix your credit instead of paying the people that you owe. If that ain't ignorant, go on to see. You're going to get them $500 to fix something, and there you is owing somebody that money, but you're going to pay it to them for them to change your credit score for you to get something you ain't going to keep. Tell you how that is. That's ignorance. That's you. That ain't God. And some people, God told me to pay them to get my credit back right. So I can live freely for him and these bills won't bog me down. That's a lie from the pits of hell. How can God tell you to pay somebody to fix your credit and you ain't even paying your tithes? Tell y'all. There go another one. I should have said land drum roll please. That ain't lining up with scripture. So we're still on disowning, right? We're still on talking about a disciple. A disciple is a follower, right? He's a learner of Christ, so he's going to represent him. Let's look at John 8, 31 through 32. Y'all, is this good or what? John 8, 31 through 32. Some people mad right now. (laughs) I am. I am. I am. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I am. John 8, 31 through 32. So Jesus said to those Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, hold fast to my teachings and live in accordance with them, you are truly my disciples. I got to go back there again. So Jesus said to those Jews who have believed in him, it's one thing to believe in him. Believing in him is good, but you got to abide in his word. You got to hold fast to his teaching and live accordance with them. Do y'all get that? Some people may say, well, my Bible don't say that. King James breaks it, don't break it down like Amplified or like your Greek uh, would do or like the Hebrew would do. That's why you got to study. That's why you just don't read a verse of scripture without breaking it down to know what's really being said in that scripture. He said, it's not enough for you just to believe in me. Some people say, I am saved, I am born again, I am a child of the king. But if you're not abiding in his word, holding fast to his teaching, when you're abiding in his word, you hold fast to his teaching outside of what people say, outside of what people do. You are holding fast, you are steadfast, you are unmovable, you are abounding in the works of God. It ain't about you no more. It's about who? Him. And then it says, not only are you to abide in them, y'all. This is how you live. And you live in accordance with them. That's how you know a true disciple, a follower of Jesus. They're living according to his teachings. They're doing what he done. If you got a disagreement with somebody, you go to that person. That's what Jesus would do. You abiding in his word and his teaching. You doing and living according to him. That's a true disciple. That's a true follower. A true follower don't say. I use Jamie and Kim for example. Kim know what the word is saying. And she's telling Jamie what somebody else have said. And Jamie said leave it alone baby. Don't even mess with it. Who 
who does she supposed to follow, Jamie or the word? If she followed Jamie, just an example, and Jamie tell her not to mess with it, she's not a true disciple. Because she's going to do what Jesus done. She know that the Holy Spirit is prompting her to go to Sister Deborah and let Sister Deborah know, you may not have known this, but you offended me. But if Jamie is telling her to leave it alone, then she's outside of the will of God. She's outside of what the word is telling her to do. But both of them are saved. Something's wrong with that. So by Kim not talking to Sister Deborah, now Kim is feeling salty towards Sister Deborah. And Sister Deborah's like, Kim ain't the same. Something ain't right with Kim. She used to come over here and ask me, do I want a blueberry muffin? She used to ask me about, you know, my hair. And now she just, hey. Because the devil got in Kim's head and started acting a certain way because she felt Miss Deborah was acting a certain way. But Jamie told her to leave it alone. So now all of a sudden, all of us are gathered together and Kim and Sister Deborah's at the table and Miss Deborah say something and Kim will be like, oh, just like you to say something like that. She's like, huh? What are you talking about? You know what I'm talking about. I hit that. Somebody need to hear that. He who have ears to hear, let him hear. Because this is happening. Because we rather hear man than to hear God. If my husband is telling me to leave something alone, and it's not in agreement with what my father is saying, I love him, but I'm going to do what my father says first and foremost. I'm not bowing down to nobody else. I'm going to do what God is telling me to do. If God has touched my heart and he's telling me to go to Tiffany, I'm going to Tiffany. If my husband tell me, you better not go to Tiffany. You know how you run your mouth. But if I know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to me, I'm like, baby, I love you, but I know what God is saying. I'd rather obey God than obey man. He's telling me to go to and I'm going to. I let God deal with him. Because I'm in alignment with him. Come on, y'all, we got to line up. Now, there may be a time that God may say, don't go to her right now. I want you to wait a little bit. It ain't 20 years later. Okay? Come on, I'm talking about being a disciple. I'm talking about being a father. We rather keep friends than obey God. We'd rather be part of a circle. We'd rather for people to like us than to do what the word of God tell us. I don't want no trouble in my home, so I'm just not going to say nothing. I'm just going to give them what they want. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. My two children, that Jolly Green Giant. Y'all know Jolly Green Giant? Jeremy. Jeremy know his mama. He know his daddy. Sometimes he would call his daddy and say, Daddy, can you ask mama? Because I know what her main word is. No. Not that my husband didn't know. But he know I was always no to him. If he got a yes, he probably pass out. He didn't get too many yeses because he was in too much mess. And God knew what he was in. So I wasn't going to help him with his mess. So no means no, boy. Mama, that's why I do what I do, because you always say no. No, you do what you do, because you want to do what you do. But they ain't going to change my mind. You ain't going to make me feel bad, because you want to do what you want to do. 
Quisha May, you know me, don't you? Quisha May, just like a daughter. If I got something to say to Quisha May, that May ain't her middle name. That's what me and my husband named her, Quisha May. See, we got that bond, Quisha May. Quisha know when she see all them, oh, Lord, what you done told your mom and dad. I ain't told them nothing. <laughs> Why? Because when you love people, you're going to tell them truth. It's up to them to do with the truth what you tell them, but you ain't going to sit there and act like you don't know the truth and you see what's going on. Come on, somebody. I love all of y'all, and if y'all don't know me by now, shame on you. Shame. Double shame, Willie. Everybody hear about Willie. They know Willie. I'm always on Willie. Everybody say, poor Willie. Poor Willie. Who's brother Willie? Willie, just raise your hand and say, I'm Willie. But Willie don't take no offense to you, brother Willie. Because Willie know me. He know I love him enough not to leave him out there like that. But if he choose to stay out there, you on your own, buddy. Don't call me. Don't you call me. You either, Mitch. Because once I tell you and you don't do it, you on your own. I done my part. See, that's a disciple. That's a follower of Jesus Christ. If we want to be true disciples, we have to do what he done. We cannot hold something back because I don't want to hurt their feelings. Okay. But you already heard them. By holding back from them. Even though it hurts when you tell them the truth. Now let me get to the next part of it. It says, and you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. See, people are not telling truth. That's why people are not being set free. Because we're afraid to tell truth. Because we're afraid of losing family, friends, acquaintances. We don't want to tell them the truth. Or better yet, I don't want to be bothered with you. You just like that, um, what is it, man that stole Christmas? Grinch. Grinch. I don't want to talk to you. You like that old Grinch. I, I, you ain't run to put my blood pressure sky high. I just don't want to tell you. I ain't got time to be fooling with you. <laughs> so that's the disciple. Did everybody get that? Do everybody understand what a disciple is? A follower of Jesus Christ is doing what he does, not what people want you to do. It's acting in the supernatural, not the natural. Jesus said, I only do what my father do. I see it and then I do it and I say it. Everything my father do, that's what I do. I represent my father. I'm here to represent him. It's not about me. That's why he said, if it is your will. Father, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but your will. Because Jesus knew. He knew what crucifixion was, y'all. Jesus knew how he was going to die. And think about it. The more he thought about it, wouldn't you sweat blood? Because he knew how it was going to be. So to truly be a disciple, I want to ask you today. Can you really deny yourself? You can't deny yourself in one area and say you're following Jesus when you still got other areas that need to be worked on that you don't want to give up. Y'all, this is real stuff. And if you grab hold to it, your eyes will be open to know what God would have for you to do instead of doing what other people want you to do to please them. 
So look at this verse here. Y'all, we just got the first part. Then Jesus said to them, isn't that something? So that's what a disciple is, a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, after you're willing to give up your life, after you're willing to disown yourself to follow him, the next step is he's training you. But he's saying now we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We get the Holy Spirit. He identifies us as being part of the kingdom of God. God being our father. We have a new identity. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit. But then Jesus said, you can't go out any kind of way. Now he's training them. He's showing them healing. He's showing them deliverance. He's showing them how to cast out demons. He's showing them how when they don't have enough, how there can be enough. He showed them everything. They were followers of him. They watched everything he done. They saw the storm. He showed them how to get through a storm, even when they had lack of faith. He showed them so much, y'all. And in the midst of him showing them all of these things, they had hardened hearts. I ain't even got there yet. He showed them these things and their hearts became hardened towards the miracles. Why? Because they were more sensitive to the natural than they were the supernatural. How many of us, we say we know him. We say that. But when things happen in our lives, we forget who we are with. We forget that he saved us. If he saved you, you didn't save yourself. You could not save yourself. He had to shed his blood. His blood was not tainted. It was, it was not, he was sinless. He had to find somebody that was sinless. He who knew no sin became sin for us so we can become the righteousness of God. You could not become the righteousness of God through yourself because all of our righteousness was filthy, dirty rags. So we couldn't do it. So he had to come down out of heaven here on this earth. The word became flesh and dwelled among us and we beheld his glory because he couldn't find no man, no woman on earth to die a sinless death searched all over (laughs) couldn't find nobody look high and low (laughs) couldn't find nobody oh we sing them songs don't we but you don't know what they mean how do I know we don't know what they mean we sing them we boohoo and we cry nobody ready you Lord Nobody can heal me like you, Lord. Nobody can prosper me like you, Lord. Nobody. Not even you, man. I pick on Willie. Nobody can do me like that, man. Then after you get through with all that emotionalism, God, when you going to do it? And you just said it was nobody greater. You just had to, man, you just had to snot all over the place. Just had to fill up a few tissues and blow the snot out and feel a little bit lighter. And now we all calm. And then when the next situation come up, what happened to nobody greater? Can somebody tell me what happened to Jesus? He died once. He ain't going to die twice. He did it all one time and he sat down with God. 
You know why he sat down? He says, finish. He said, I don't have to stand like them priests no more. I did it once and for all. Why they still, oh, oh. God said, some of y'all still standing. Still trying to find something to kill, to prove yourself. You're still under the law when he provided grace. You're still trying to find a way out of debt. You're still trying to get your body healed. You're still trying to get your children all fixed up. You're still trying to do stuff on your jobs. You're still trying to do this or the other to please your family. Come on, you under the law. Because you're trying to do it. But when you know what he's already done, you can rest in him. You can rest in him with everything toe up. God, I rest in you because I know you already done it. It may look like it ain't done, but in the spirit it's already done. And when I acknowledge what you have already done and I begin to see it, that's when it's going to take place in the natural. Until you see it, you don't believe it. We see everything else except what God has done. Why? Because we're more sensitive to the world's way than we are God's way. If the world said it's wrong, it is wrong. But if they ain't saying killing is wrong, it ain't wrong. If they ain't saying killing babies is wrong, it ain't wrong. If they're saying homosexuality ain't wrong because we all created equal, it ain't wrong. But what did the word say? It is wrong. But we have diluted the gospel. Because we want to keep peace. Do y'all know why the, the disciples and the apostles died? Because they were standing for what was right. That's when you're taking up your cross. You're speaking truth in love. You ain't trying to get a free check. If they offered people money to do what they wanted you to do and it was enough of it to pay your car payment or pay something in your house... You were like, hit me good. Oh, Lord, you really bless me. God don't work like that. He doesn't. We got to know his way. That's why Jesus spent three years with his disciples. For them to know his way of doing. For them to know what they needed in order to be here on earth. He said, you need a comforter. You need the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it without him. So my father's going to send you a comforter. You're going to get the promise of the Holy Spirit from my father. He's going to live in you. He's going to dwell in you. Not only do you need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but you need power from on high to be an effectual witness. See, this is where we get it mixed all up. We're thinking we're okay just because we're born again. But God said, in order to be my effectual witness, you got to have some dunamis. You got to have some power, which comes from him that comes upon you to do the work that I'm sending you to do in the Great Commission. Y'all, I'm still on. Then Jesus came to them and said, I'm talking about the disciples. And this is what we're going to continue to talk about. Because the more I believe we talk about this, the more we'll see where we are and where, where we're not and where we need to be. See, we haven't, we, we're emotionalized by ourselves. We're emotionalized by what we want. People take songs. I'll use that for an example. When they're going through, when you're grieving, when somebody has hurt you, do you know what we do when a song come on? 
We cry and act like the Holy Spirit is on us. Oh, when I heard that song, I knew God was sending it to me. No, your emotions stirred you up with that song. Y'all know, thank you. Thank you, God. Remember that song, Turn Out the Lights. What is it? What, what, what? And what's the other part of it? What did it say, David? See, see, let's get what? See, when you remember them songs, when you're going through a breakup, or you're ready to hit something, everything want to get close. Devil make the songs too. But then when God's song is in the house, Lord of all, help me. Stop right there. What did Kim just say? Say it again, Kim. What did that mean? I ain't asking y'all, Judah. You hear it, but you don't know what it means. Honey, I'm going to leave my mic alone, okay? You quit shaking your head and talking about me. If it ain't doing what it need to do, okay? He need to be delivered. Come put some oil on him. He's just shaking his head, dealing with my mic. And the thing is probably back there. I thought we had that thing right when we was back. I'm wearing this mic of Thea and James. And I know how I want my mic. And if it ain't just right, it might be because my hair kind of slick on that side and it's doing what it want to do, Kim. All y'all got a part in this. Okay? Because Kim watching, making sure my hair don't stick out. You two watching my mic. Get out of my stuff. We got it like that. We love one another, don't we? I still love you, honey. So we see, we see what God is doing in this house. Some of y'all right now, you got an offense. Even through the little bit that I brought out. Because you're still thinking, is she talking about me? I didn't call your name. Is she trying to put me out there? You just put yourself out there by asking yourself them questions. (laughs) Only thing God is doing when he brings the word, the Holy Spirit come in and he convict you of righteousness. The Holy Spirit come in and he lets you know what you need to do according to the word. That's all. You need to be giving God glory. You need to be glorifying him because God is getting the church where it need to be so we can do this great commission. Some of y'all ain't even doing the great commission because you don't even know what discipleship is and you've been taught. But you're doing other things, but you ain't doing what you need to do, but you're saying God's in it. If you ain't disown yourself totally, what you want, you can't be his disciple. So God said when you go out there, it ain't about people hearing you, it's about people hearing him. It ain't about how they look. It ain't about how ugly they talk. It's about you giving them what he has given you. Life. They don't even know that they are dead. 
They're already dead. Dead. People are walking around y'all dead and taking shots every day. You're dead. If you haven't accepted Jesus, the shot ain't going to save you. You're dead already. Because it's eternal life in him. Not in no medicines. This is your medicine that gives you what you need. Medicines will wear off. When people quit chopping them up. You don't even know what you're taking. (laughs) You just pop it in and knowing it's going to work. And if it worked, you keep taking it because it worked. But when your body get used to it, that body start cutting up from the floor up. Then you got to go to another substance. There. How's the Pepsi doing? Your body need it, don't it? When it don't get it, what happened? Did it cut up? Okay, so you drinking Pepsi, so you ain't on Sundrop or Mountain Dew. You don't get the shakes. So Pepsi don't make you shake. Okay, so you must don't miss it too much. So if you don't miss it too much, you ain't going to shake. But just get off of it completely and see if you got attitude. I'm going somewhere. Why am I saying this? Anything we subject our bodies to is what the body is looking for. Chocolate cake, chocolate chip cookies, whatever it is, chicken, pork chop, Chinese food, whatever that body get used to, that's what that body want. And that body can't do without it. So once you give that body that, that body is at a calm. So what am I saying? Who? When you feed yourself with the word of God, whatever storm comes, the Holy Spirit will remind you of what God said and it will calm the storm while you're in the midst of it. That's why the enemy don't want you to have the word. The spirit quickens, make alive. The flesh Profits you nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But they're only for those who find them. I'm going to stop here because we're going to go through this. We're going to go through it real good. Because we as believers should be showing the ones that's in the world something different. We are in the world, but we're not of the world, so we don't do what the world does. Quit justifying your actions, saying it is God when it's looking like them. God does things differently. He don't do it like everybody else. When God gives you something, it ain't what somebody else done. It's what he's given you, and his glory is going to be revealed off of what he has given you, because it's not about you. It's all about him. Pastor said I have five closings. How many I done did? Four, really? Didn't think so, but I'm going to give you another one. Make that five. When I say it's about God's glory, 
When me and my husband moved in, in, into that house in 2010, the house that we're in now, we went out to eat somewhere, and it was um, this lady, and I believe she was our teacher years ago. Honey, was she our teacher? He don't know where I am. He's looking down. <laughs> Let me just go head on. So we was in a restaurant. I believe it was Chili's, and we were sitting in the restaurant, and it was this lady, and we didn't even think she was noticing us. She said, oh, I like what you did to the house. It looks so different. It looks so different. The shatter zone is just so different. Me and my husband looking at each other, we like, we ain't done a thing to that house. It was his glory. It was him. The only thing we got to do is stay in it and reveal him and his glory is going to be all over it. So everything we do is supposed to bring him glory. It does not supposed to bring us glory. So every day I try to say, God, this is not about me. God, is all about you. God, if I'm doing anything out of your will, God, show me. God, if I'm trying to showboat, if I'm trying to get into pride, God, show me me because, God, I don't want people to see me. I want them to see you. God, if I say anything that I should not have said just a little bit, God, show me me because it's not about me. It's about you. So if we take the time and say, God, I come out of Exodus. I come out of bondage. Egypt. Exodus, Egypt. So I have come out of there. God, I don't want to go back. And I don't have to because you have bought me out. Show me me. We need to take the time. And I want to say this to the ones that say, I'm born again. I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. When you have really accepted him, flesh does not profit. People ain't seeing that no more. Every now and then it may pop up, don't get me wrong. But you changing quickly. You repenting. You having a change of heart, change of mind, and you're not going to do the same thing. What grieves me the most, you got Christians saying that they're born again. And as soon as somebody have a birthday dinner, a birthday party, birthday, whatever you want to call it, the world is in it. And you're doing worldly stuff and saying, I still know Jesus. I beg you to differ. When you know Jesus, the world ain't a part of what Jesus is doing. It's nowhere in it. In that case, you didn't have to get saved. You should have just stayed in the world if you're going to still act like the world. If you're going to still party like the world, then you should have stayed there. And I beg you to differ. That's where you are because when the Holy Ghost get a hold of you, he burn up that stuff. It's like a fire, like a consuming fire, and you don't want no more part of it. And when people begin to play it, you pop up and pop out because you're carrying him. God ain't going to sit there and watch nobody doing the butt and doing everything that's not like him. Why would he want to sit there and say, oh, they're doing that thing. He's in you. Why are you bringing him to a party? We will continue this next Sunday. I pray that the faces I see now, I will see then. Y'all come back, you hear? I got some more for you.
to God be the glory. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise.